Hello and welcome to the Phil Seymour Parks Family Team Podcast. In this first podcast series, we're looking at the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on family law matters. In this episode three, we will be looking at injunctions, specifically non-molestation and occupation orders, and how this area of law has been impacted. My name is Hannah Sims, and I am joined by my colleagues, Eleanor Curtis. Hi, Hannah. And Alistair Yap. Hello. And we are all lawyers in the family team. So, Ellie, if I can start with you then, would you like to give a bit of a background? Thanks, Hannah. So, um, as Hannah's mentioned, we're covering in this episode the options available to people who may need assistance with making an injunction to the family court, either for a non-molestation order or occupation orders, which are both orders under the Family Law Act. Uh, Starting with a non-molestation order, It's a type of injunction which can be applied for from the court and is really used to protect individuals from violence, harassment, pestering and threats. Uh, This can include actual violence, threats of violence, contacting the victim, perhaps posting on social media about the victim or even attending the victim's home or work. Um, Now, only certain categories of people can make these sorts of applications But as an example of those parties, it includes, it can be someone you're living with or it's someone you're in a relationship, uh, parties who are married or civil partners and those who are engaged. And an application can also be made against other family members. And as a, a note, domestic abuse isn't always physical violence. It can include any number of issues such as coercive control, also known as gaslighting. There can be financial control and abuse, online abuse, um, threats and even sexual abuse. In relation to occupation orders, they're another type of order that is used to prevent individuals from living in or attending a family home or uh, even a certain part of the family home. Thank you, Ellie. So what is the government guidance for anyone who is a victim of domestic abuse or in need of making an injunction application during lockdown? Unfortunately, and perhaps not surprisingly, there has been a rise in applications made to the court for injunctions um, and sadly increasing levels of domestic abuse in homes since the coronavirus outbreak and since the lockdown measures were imposed by the government. In the first instance, of course, If you're in immediate danger or you know someone who is in immediate danger or fear for your safety, the first point of call would be the police. And Alistair, I think you're going to be able to give us a bit more detail about that. Yes, thanks, Ellie. Um, I I do think it's important to say that, uh, of course, the police do have limited resources and time. um, So it may be that they're not in a position to investigate matters. Um, Of course, even if the police do decide to investigate, um, the Crown Prosecution Service may decide not to prosecute or there's not enough evidence to prosecute. Um, Often what happens is the accused uh, is released under investigation and there were changes to uh, police bail laws within the last few years um, where where, uh, there were concerns about people being left on bail and having strict conditions imposed on them for a long period without actually being charged for any offences. So uh, my experience is that the police have... Uh, are less willing to impose long-term strict police bail conditions, which may mean sometimes people are at risk, even when the police are investigating matters. 
Thanks, Alistair. So obviously that's from um, the police and criminal side. And whilst that is certainly an option, and as I said, a first point of call if you're in danger, of course, there is also the, the family court route. And in this period of lockdown, the courts have remained open. They are opening up more as the lockdown measures uh, ease and they are dealing with these applications. Um, the government created a contingency guidance for reference when making a Family Law Act application of this nature and the guidance has been developed throughout to make sure that injunction applications are prioritised to ensure that victims of domestic abuse receive protection as soon as possible. Even uh, the courts even went to the lengths of creating special email folders so that applications were received and dealt with as urgently as possible. And the key government message, even with the easing of lockdown, remains that uh, isolation instructions as a result of coronavirus don't apply if somebody needs to leave their home and escape domestic abuse. Inevitably, isolation instructions would cause anxiety and particularly for those who are experiencing domestic violence or feel at risk of domestic violence. Thanks Ellie, so how would you go about making an application like this and is it still possible in lockdown? As I said the, the courts are still open, they're dealing with applications so it is very much still possible. Um, an application for a non-molestation order or occupation order should both be made to the family court and the application is a supported by a witness statement which would be verified by a statement of truth. The applications can be made without notice which means that the order is made without the other party having had the opportunity to present their own evidence and the, if you were to make an application without notice the witness statement in support must clearly state to the court why that notice hasn't been given. The court would need to be persuaded that such a without notice application is necessary, which may be if there was a concern that further harm would be inflicted if the respondent found out about the application. The applications can also be made on notice, meaning that the other party will be given notice of the proceedings before an order is made. There's no court fee payable in relation to these sorts of applications. And if an order is granted by the court, it may be made for a specific period or until further order. When the court make a decision on such an application for either an occupation or non-molestation order, they consider what's called the balance of harm test. And this means that the court need to decide the likelihood of significant harm to either party and uh, any relevant children if an order is, is made, balanced against the likelihood of significant harm if an order is not made. In terms of an application for a non-molestation order, when deciding whether to make an order, the court must be satisfied that there is evidence of molestation going on, which I'll cover in more detail shortly. And the applicant or child must need protection and the judge must be satisfied that judicial intervention is required in order to control the respondent's behaviour. Now, as I mentioned I would come on to the specific meaning of the word molestation because it is a slightly unusual word. And there isn't actually a statutory definition of the term molestation, and so we take guidance from case law. And molestation generally involves any form of physical, sexual, or psychological molestation or perhaps harassment. 
application, which has a serious impact on the health and well-being of the applicant. And just to be clear, a physical violence isn't a requirement for the court to find that there has been molestation. In terms of an occupation order, there are again a number of factors that the court take into account when considering an application. And that can include the housing needs and housing resources of each of the parties, the financial resources of each of the parties, uh, the effect of the order and the conduct of the parties. And obviously when making an application, which I mentioned you'd accompany with a witness statement, this is all of the sort of information that you'd need to include so that the court are equipped to make a decision. And that's the sort of thing that we at FSP can help with if, if somebody is in need of making an application. And Hannah, I know that you've dealt with an injunction in court during the lockdown period. And I just wondered if you could explain how that how that went. Yes, that's right, Ellie. Thank you. Um, I mean, really, it was much the same as it was before. The, the application was issued very quickly. Um, there was a hearing a few days later, so short notice, which is sort of the, the general course of course of play in these sorts of applications. Um, and it was dealt with by telephone, actually, which in these sorts of hearings would often be preferred. So you don't have to come face to face with um, the, the accused. So actually, it worked very well. It was quick. It was straightforward. Um, and, and the courts are really alive to these issues. That's great to hear, Hannah. It shows that the courts really are still dealing with these types of issues and are doing so promptly. Um, so really in order to sort of wrap up, the, the key message that we want to get over is that if you are a victim of domestic abuse, then there are still options in lockdown. And of course, as the lockdown eases, the government have made it clear that emergency services can and should be accessed if if you're at risk or if somebody you know is at risk and the lockdown measures don't prevent you from leaving your home if you and or your children are in danger or at risk of domestic abuse and the courts are dealing with those sorts of applications which can can be made and are being made throughout lockdown and another point to consider that is if you are granted a non-molestation order or occupation order from the court it is a criminal offence for the respondent to breach that order or orders so those orders can be enforced and that is another area where we we can provide assistance thank you ellie that's really helpful thanks hannah and thank you also to alistair thank you so that's the end of this series looking at the impact of COVID-19 on family matters. All lawyers and the family team are working and able to assist you or advise if required. If you do need help, then please feel free to visit our website, which is fsp-law.com. Thank you and goodbye.